the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Actually, you're going to have to wait about two minutes before we all hear the voice of Dottie Herman, who is the host of Ion Real Estate. But um, those of you who are fans of the show and those of you who might have stumbled upon it accidentally because we are on one hour earlier, and this is going to be an Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman Spring 2022 special based on the premise that the season is upon us, the sweet spot of the calendar year when it comes to the field of real estate and so many people who listen to this show regularly and so many new listeners that we have are uh, getting all revved up because this is the the time of year that the action really begins to take place and it's set against the backdrop of one of the most spectacular periods in the history of real estate since real estate was invented. So uh, my name is Michael Harris and I have the privilege of working with the great Dottie Herman today as co-host and uh, co-anchor of the program. And before we bring Dottie on, I just want to say that uh, if you are interested in buying or selling a property, and and that basically covers uh, most of the spectrum of people involved in listening to a show like this, well, you're in for a real treat. Try to carve out as much of the next three hours as you can to pay attention. But I do want to say that the program will be posted for weeks and months to come, so you'll be able to share it with your friends and go back and dip into it, because it's really going to be uh, a tremendous... um, ABCs of real estate that um, everybody should know. And I'm excited about it because I've been a fan of and a participant in real estate for most of my adult life. And I hope to learn a lot because not only is Dottie Herman here, but um, we're going to be joined during the next three hours by a wonderful cast of characters. Alfred Renna will be here. He's the senior managing director of the uh, New York office. Um, he's the director of sales at Douglas Elliman in New York. So um, he has totally got his uh, finger on the pulse of real estate activity in the tri-state area. Our regular co-host will be here um, in the 10 o'clock hour, Ace Watanasuparp, and he's the Senior Vice President and National Director of Strategic Sales at Citizens Bank. And I want to mention that uh, Citizens Bank are the sponsors of this program. If it weren't for them, there wouldn't be this show. And It's a wonderful bank for this particular area of finance. Uh, They were founded to help citizens, everyday people, regular people, not just big corporations. So ACE is a walking encyclopedia of all of that uh, nitty-gritty stuff of mortgages and interest rates and and what you got to do to really participate in the real estate game. He's going to be here uh, in about an hour, and um, he'll be here for the entire hour of uh, the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, just, by the way, make notes. 
citizensbank.com at any time if you want some uh, information about the financing end of the game. And uh, the number there is 800-922-9999. Another regular on the program who uh, is just an authority on the legal end, uh, supreme, you know, absolutely superb. I've learned so much talking to this uh, to this man and listening to him. He's a partner at the law firm of Casson and Casson, their national firm. He's in the Westchester office. His name is Steve Ebert, and many of our listeners are very familiar with him. Later in the program, uh, we're going to be joined by a forensic uh, clinical uh, psychologist. And you say, psychologist on a real estate show? Oh, yeah. Dr. Joan Nehal will be with us, and she's going to talk about one of the most important aspects of uh, real estate, and that is the balance between the head and the heart. And the producer of the show, uh, Kyle Lee, who's um, a brilliant young realtor with Douglas Elliman. He's also the producer of this show, and he's going to talk about uh, the younger generation, first-time buyers, and just what is the situation financially um, and in terms of the mindset of people in their 20s who are looking to get into real estate. I think I've set it up. It's uh, nine minutes after the hour. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the woman who basically wrote the book on modern realty. I there are generations of real estate brokers, real estate agents who her style, her view, her vision, her boldness, um, and her amazing ability to communicate has set the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, Dottie Herman. Dottie, congratulations on your incredible success and also the fact that this program uh, is so important to WNYM AM 970, The Answer, and the real estate community. It's an honor to work with you, Dottie. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great, Michael. It's an honor to be with you. Uh, You're, like, huge. (laughs) You're the guru of talk radio, so I am thrilled uh, that you're willing to be on the show and co-host it. And right. all I can say, Michael, is it's a madhouse out there. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's try to make it a little clearer for people because there are so many things going on in real estate today that um, are at odds with each other. Interest rates are going up, which sometimes brings down prices, but um, uh, uh, inflation is going up, which brings up prices. Mm-hmm. Um there, there. What, what are some of your feelings, just in general? Because we have lots of time ahead to sort it all out. But um, even a pro like you, uh, some of these things, when you say things are upside down, uh, people shouldn't feel, uh, you know, inferior if they don't understand what's happening. Because there are a lot of questions, but most of it is based on opportunity. Am I correct? I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic that most of the uncertainty provides tremendous opportunity. Would you agree? Well, uncertainty always brings, you know, when things change, change brings opportunity if you can see it. Um, and, look, real estate was always, the, the the United States, the people in the U.S., across the country, always valued real estate as the best long-term investment. And for most people, real estate is probably the largest investment they have. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, I think, Michael, when it was like 2007, I think we had that financial crisis, maybe it was 2008, around Yes, then. yes. And um, I'd be doing the radio show, and every paper said, 
Millennials will never buy. They're, they see their parents losing money. Uh, they're never going to be wanting to buy homes, and they stay at home longer, and they don't get married till later, and they're never going to. Well, let me tell you something. The millennials, which is the largest population, of, you know, of a buying now, and they're a huge population. They, um, they, they're all into buying, and and the older millennials are on their second houses. They believe in home ownership. They're at the age where they're having kids, or they're getting married, or getting, you know, you know, getting settled, and they. There's so many of them, and the problem really is, and it's not just the New York metropolitan area, Michael. It is across the country. There is no supply, zero. There's just nothing out there. Um, so what happens when you know you have more buyers than you have supply? Then you have a seller's market, and I tell sellers every week: if you were thinking of selling your house in the next couple of years. Sell it now, <laughs> even if you have to rent something and you didn't find something because they go, but then, Daddy, what will I buy? That's interesting. So basically what you're saying is whether you want to buy or you want to sell, your feeling is that now's the time to do it, that um, that you're betting on prices continuing to go up and the economy booming, at least in terms of real estate. Well, let me say this. The... I mean, I, I actually um, I did the decade, you know, I, I, we, we published all these millions of reports so that you can go on the Element site and find every information for the last 100 years. However, sales more than doubled year over year in the housing market, okay? And um, the listing inventory has been the lowest, okay, in, in two decades, and there's a, a large population of, of people looking to buy. We do not have enough housing in the U.S. And so what happens is you, when you have more buyers than you have supply, it becomes mm-hmm. a seller's market. Got it. I have a question for you that, that comes up. Um, when you say there's a housing shortage, are we talking about a shortage of houses that are on the market or a shortage of houses in general? I mean, do we have a problem with housing in America, or is yeah. it just that at this time people are hanging on to their home and not as anxious to move or to sell as they might have been at other times in, in recent history? What is, what is your thought on that? My thought is that we have a, a shortage of housing. <laughs> oh, really? Um, and, yeah, and, and, and don't forget, the pandemic, if anything, made people sell. Over the pandemic, people kind of said, wow, we're stuck in this house. And now that we're stuck in this house on lockdown, we're seeing every fault that's humanly possible. So Home Depot and stores like that really went wild. And also they had to work from home. So they would say, well, you know, I need a little space. I need some extra space. I can't be on top of my children when they're screaming. So the pandemic, I I believe, a lot of these trends that we see now were probably going to happen anyway. But the pandemic expedited them. Right. And, 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 of course, now that you can, most companies, and I, and, I, and I say this, that I know in New York City they're trying to get people to come back to work every day because that will help the restaurants and the stores. But it doesn't look like that's really going to happen. It looks like people got used to being able to work at home, 
and being able to maybe go to the office once or twice a week. You know, they still want people contact. But that allows people to live further or maybe get a second house or not have to be exactly where they were. So you're seeing a lot of movement. And then you're also seeing people that want to stay where they were, you know, in the areas they were in. However, you know, they say, well, you know what, I think I need a little more room. So, you know, and then the millennials who are buying sometimes their first or second homes, they're in the buying market and they're of buying age. Yeah. And, and one of the things I want to discuss during the course of the program today is the difference between buying a first home and buying a second home. There's a gigantic difference there, isn't there? I mean, uh, that term that we hear, starter homes, starter houses. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, let me ask you, so you see, when you talk about your second homes, you mean buying? Buying, going up. Buying you know. a second home or buying, like buying like another home? Good question. Good. I, thank, you for, thank you for clarifying. I mean selling the little house that you got into the real estate market with and moving up to a bigger house, not buying a second home. Buying the second time you're buying a first home. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. I, I just think there's a big jump from, from that starter house. A lot of people, especially young people, they want to get into the real estate market so they, they may not have as much down payment. They may not have as much money. They may not be as secure as to where they want to live, but they want to get into real estate. So they buy, they get in. Then a year goes by, two years goes goes by, and they suddenly realize eh, it's not quite where they want to be. Maybe they're going to have children. They, they want to be where there's a school. Uh, all of these other conditions are changing that you pointed out about sociology and where you how you work you need a new office in your house etc so you start to look for that second home uh, the, the second buy and you get rid of the first home you, they're both a buyer and a seller simultaneously that's what i'm talking about and that well, goes that, on a that, lot you know that poses a lot of questions but i can tell you personally for me um i probably was about 21 years old and uh, i think the legal age then was 21 so I had been in an accident when I was like 10 or 11, obviously, and uh, I couldn't collect the money until I was 21. So when I finally collected the money, I was like, I'm going to Europe, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And my dad was like, no, you're not. You're not going to do that. You're going to buy real estate. I'm like, Dad, I don't really want to, I want to go away. So he found, and when I tell you, and you know, I have seen (laughs) millions of hopes. This was probably the smallest house that I've ever seen. It was a little cottage. Hmm. It had two bedrooms, but neither one of them were masters. They were both like, you know, children's size rooms, a little bathroom, and a kitchen that was so small that if you sat at the kitchen table and you leaned back, you'd hit the refrigerator. (laughs) However, it was a nice piece of property, and it was in an area that most of the homes, all of the homes were more expensive. I hated the house. I didn't want it. But I listened to my dad, which was the best advice he could have given me, and I bought it. I didn't live in it. I rented it. Um, I, I don't God knows what the price was then, you know, but it was a lot of money. It was probably overpriced at the time also, but it was like right around where my dad lived and he knew somebody was selling it. So I bought it, rented it. I then sold it. To two friends of mine and kept a third of it. So they, you know, 
And then we sold it, and that was my – and I was not in real estate at the time. That was my first money that I had to really build and buy my second home, which was a much nicer home than that. Um, so I tell everyone, you have to get in the game. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's, you got to get started. That's what we're talking about because not only, first of all, you get your feet wet, you understand the business, but you also have the opportunity to establish the most important kind of credit you possibly could have uh, in terms of buying real estate, and that's mortgage credit. You, you develop a relationship with realtors. You develop a relationship with lawyers. You develop an understanding of insurance. And most importantly, you develop a relationship with a banker. And we're going to be talking to Ace uh, in the second hour about those details. And it's a lot easier to get that, um, that, that mortgage the second time around that you go for a mortgage when you can prove you've already been a, a good customer and been paying your mortgage payments on time. Um, credit and your history of credit and paying for mortgages plays a huge role. And that first home gives you an opportunity to establish that. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as Ace will tell you later on in the show, you don't need as much money down as people think. You know, I mean, I always tell people one of the reasons we all do this show, and we've been doing it for about 10 years, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> around there. It's been, it's been uh, more than 10 years, yes. Yeah, I lose track. But to really inform people, because I tell people information, knowledge, is everything, and there's so much to know. You know, when I started out years ago, maybe 30 years ago, here's what they said. There's three, there was three kinds of mortgages. There was a conventional mortgage, basically a 30-year mortgage. There was an FHA mortgage, a government-subsidized mortgage that, you know, the government subsidized, and then there was if you were a veteran, and that's it. Right. <laughs> okay. And uh, here was my real estate training. Show three houses, a good house, a medium house, and a great house. And people will buy the great house. (laughs) It was that simple, okay? And it was very different. And now everyone's sophisticated. And real estate, look, the beauty of real estate is you're leveraging. You're, You're leveraging somebody else's money, leveraging the bank's money, okay? And... If you go back and you can read anything on Douglas Elliman's site of, 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 you know, reports of how the market's done, the only people that ever really get hurt in real estate is if you had to buy at the height of the market and then you were forced to sell. Right, right. Okay, and the timing was wrong. If we go back to 2008 or 2007 when everybody was losing their shirt, well, one of the reasons was at that time, and Ace will talk about this more, but at that time, the mortgage industry was giving out mortgages to anyone. They had stated income, like, oh, daddy, how much do you make? Oh, $5 million? If you say so, then fine. As long as your credit's good, we'll give you a mortgage for whatever you want. So people were taking out too much money. And then the equity loans got big. And they're great for the right uses, but if you're taking your equity out to gamble in Vegas, uh, when they had to sell their home, they had very little equity left. But right. generally, especially now, Michael, if you bought a home last year. Uh, Dottie, probably... hang on to that thought, Dottie. Hang on to that thought if you bought a home last year because this is crucial stuff. 
Folks, you're listening to Ion Real Estate, the big spring 2022 special, a three-hour edition of the program. Everything you need to know as we go into the spring. I'm Michael Harrison, co-hosting this program with Dottie Herman. Plenty coming your way right here in just a moment. River Spring Residences is an assisted living community in Riverdale, just minutes from Manhattan. River Spring offers breathtaking views of the Hudson River, gourmet meals, and top-of-the-line security and medical staff. River Spring is the right amount of support your loved ones need. Assisted joy, assisted comfort, assisted friendship, assisted community, and yes, assisted independence. River Spring Residences. The people you love will love it here. Call 833-56-RIVER. That's 833-56-RIVER. Or visit riverspringresidences.org. MagnaFlood has been a leading name in outdoor and area lighting for over 70 years. Family-owned and operated since 1951, they've built a loyal following by maintaining control over the manufacturing and production process and with their outstanding customer service. From CAD to completion, from drawings to finishing fixtures, everything is done all under one roof. MagnaFlood supplies lighting solutions for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the School Construction Authority, New York State Bridge Authority, and the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, among others. If you've ever driven over the Brooklyn Bridge or taken a trip to Grant's Tomb, you've seen MagnaFlood's incredible lighting. They've recently manufactured over 18,000 new lighting fixtures for installation on New York City streets and in parks, as well as in cities across the country. With their manufacturing facility in the heart of Long Island, their in-house capabilities include molding, welding, painting, fabricating, and much more. Call 631-226-1000 or visit MagnaFlood.com for your outdoor lighting needs. MagnaFlood, lighting your way. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm an old guy who takes really good care of himself. When I found your product, I was really glad because if the fruits and vegetables aren't available in the stores, this product is there. But also for the emergency storage situation, if it should be needed when uh, fresh fruits and vegetables are not available through the supply chain. I'm 75 years old, and, you know, I pump iron, you know, walk five miles uphill. I feel a lot younger than I actually am, and balance of nature has something to do with that. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code JOE. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. The Salem Business 
Breakfast is back, and it's happening on April 27th. Hear from an expert pen on all things business. Gain invaluable insights that can't be found anywhere else. It's happening on Wednesday, April 27th at the fabulous Saccone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus with legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. Joe Piscopo will be broadcasting live with the whole AM 970 morning team. A gourmet breakfast from DR Catering will be served. Hey, be sure to bring lots of business cards to enter for several great prizes. You'll come away with information, contacts, and motivation to grow your business. Entry is free, but you must register online at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. The Salem Business Breakfast is sponsored by Magna Flood, Inc. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And Dottie Herman will be with us in just a second. It's Michael Harrison, if you're just joining us. And this is the big three-hour Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman, Spring 2022 special. Dottie, you were talking about uh, transferring, uh, you know, building your money in the first uh, house uh, for your second time around when you move up. And I, inter- I interrupted you. Where were you uh, heading with that? Well, we were, we were talking about a couple of things. But first of all, just to give you a little background, um, the median home prices, and this is across the country, reached an all-time high in February, um, and that's even with interest rates going up. And the average home skyrocketed 26.6% from February 2020. So that's basically two years. Okay? And then people say, well, Dottie, how is it possible that homes could still continue posting solid growth despite a jump in mortgage rates. Um, Good question. Well, we're currently in the middle of a five-year window, which is from 2019 to 2023, when the millennials, which we talked about a little bit before, who were born during the generation's five largest birth years, between 1989 and 1993, they are hitting, as I said before, that age of first-time homebuying, age 30. And at the same time, those buyers are plunged into the market, and they're all looking for homes. And the Freddie Mac estimates, because you have asked me this question, the nation is 4 million homes short, 4 million short of the current buyer demand. And that really is a dynamic number. So... um, you ask, you know, who's who's buying? Okay, as as challenging as the first time home buyers, you know, has you know, they're still trying to buy. They're just getting into something because millennials actually made up forty three percent of home buyers in the past year, uh, with you know, compared to an average of thirty seven. So those millennials are the ones that are really buying, and um, at 81% of the younger millennials, which are 25 to 31, and 48% of the older millennials were first-time buyers. And so mm-hmm. that's really, you know. Now, when you talk to Ace, he'll tell you about all the mortgage, <laughs> you know, all these different financing options they can use and, and, and how creative they can get. Mm-hmm. 
But I always tell people, if you're fortunate, I wasn't. But if you're fortunate enough to have the bank of mom and dad, well, then you're really uh-huh. in. That's, I was going to ask you that question. I'm glad you brought it up. When you're talking about all these first-time buyers who are millennials, um, it is no secret that so much of the nation's wealth is currently held by the baby boomers. Uh, is there a lot of the bank of mom and dad going on right now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, the baby boomers... Or that, but the baby boomers, you know, they don't want to retire. They don't want to be old. And unlike, you know, a generation ago where, you know, somebody became 65, retired, and, you know, bought that smaller home, you know, downsized, the millennials are the opposite. Uh, the ba- I mean, the baby boomers are the opposite. And uh, the young boomers that are ages about 57 to about 66, they bought 17% of the homes. And the older baby boomers are 12%. And a lot of them, um, again, are not buying these small little properties that you think of, oh, somebody's going to retire. They want to have a home that their kids will come to and visit. Because unlike the old days when I remember my dad, out of respect for their parents, the kids would go to, even if they had a one-room apartment, you know, tiny, they would see their parents. Well, the kids today, huh? They don't really want to come if it's not a good place and is that room. And so a lot of clients have said to me, oh, Dottie, especially after 9-11, oh, Dottie, like, you know, find me someplace where my kids can come and where they want to be and where they're going to have fun. Otherwise, I'll never see them. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) There's so much sociology attached to this. I'm thinking about that. When I was a kid, you know, we grew up on Long Island. Uh, My father bought a a house. We live. I come from Brooklyn and then lived briefly in an apartment in Queens. And then when I was six years old, we moved to a new development in Farmingdale, Long Island, where my dad bought a house for twenty four thousand five hundred dollars. And it was it was a split level, a brick split level and. All you know, like four or five streets made up this development off of Hempstead Turnpike, and the thought was there. And I was thinking this before when you were saying it that even though you look at it, that house now is about six hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the when it's on the market. You always look back at the house you grew up in and follow it. So you think about from twenty four thousand five hundred to three quarters of a million dollars um, over, of course, a long period of time. Um, but back in those days, twenty four five was a, a tremendous amount of money. Nobody has ever said, oh, we live in the old days and the money, you know, houses are cheap. Everybody thinks their houses are expensive. When I lived in San Diego in the early seven, in the early 70s, I could have bought a condo overlooking the Pacific Ocean in La Jolla. I think I told you this the last time we spoke on the show. They were selling them for $15,000. Today they're in the millions. Can you imagine if I knew then what I know now? <laughs> well, we all say that, Michael. If I knew then, if I knew, if I bought every, if I bought half of the tremendously overpriced houses that there were over the years, I would be like, God knows, I'd probably be close to a billionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's but, how the market's gone. I mean, it's now, just, now isn't and, that isn't that why they say that um, real estate in general should be looked at as a long term investment? One should not play in the game if they're looking to flip houses or they're looking to like like you would maybe in the stock market or some of the other commodities markets or people with Bitcoin and all that. That that if you're going into real estate, you should settle into a long-term strategy as opposed to the gambler's strategy of speculating? What are your thoughts about that? 
Well, I agree with you. I mean, I think some of the shows, I mean, they have a million, everything's about real estate today. I think it's a universal language. There are a million shows on about real estate. And I was watching one that is like flip this house and the guy goes into like a disastrous house. And then like a week, he flips the house, he, he renovates it, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, and he makes like a killing. Well, it's not that easy, okay? And, you know, the, you know, and the construction, and now with the backlog, you know, where people can't, I heard in California, like they can't even get garage doors. So, you know, things are taking longer to get. You know, again, if you're an investor or you're buying a property, and I think that's a great thing to do, so don't get me wrong, if you're buying a property for investment reasons and you're going to rent it, that's a very different story. But if you're buying a home that you want to live in, um, I really believe that, yes, you should like it, okay, and but you should look at area first because, you know, some people would bounce around. They say, oh, Show me this house, and they'd see this great house, but it was in a much cheaper area. But I want it in this area, and that's not going to happen. So I tell people, focus in on the areas. If you have children, you might, like, let's say you have a gifted child, or maybe you have a child that's very, who's great in sports. You should go to the schools, find out about the schools, go down yourself. But find an area that you want to hone in on, and then know the market. You know, because today, and I and I kid you, and I I have never seen a market like this. People, there are 15. I feel bad for the brokers. There are 15, 25 offers on one property. Hmm. I, I I was reading something where in, I don't know what state it was. It wasn't New York. The guy had a hundred offers. Okay, like, and if you are not, so you can't wait. You can't let me think about it. Uh, I'll go see you tomorrow. If something comes out, you better be there. And, you know, I'm not a recommend, I don't recommend, and I don't, that you buy a, a home to live in, maybe rent, but not sight unseen. But some people, just to win the bid, are buying things sight unseen, assuming that they know the area. I, I definitely don't like to tell people not to have an engineer's report because, you know, you really don't know what's wrong with the house unless you have an engineer's report to actually see. You know, you're not looking for trivial things, but you want to see if the roof is going to, like, fall apart right. in a year. Or you're, calling, you're, calling it a, you're calling it an engineer's report. Is that what's commonly known as an inspection? Uh, having yes. An inspe- okay, yeah. Yes. But people are waiving that. You know, people are waiving all these contingencies, even a mortgage contingency, because... There's so many bids that they want to stand out and get the place. I don't remember the name, but I even read about companies that will give you the money to buy the house all cash so you could win the bid. And I'm not Amazing. sure how much they charge. Amazing. All right, hang on to that. Hang on to that, Dottie. This is uh, the, the clock is just speeding away, and we have so much to cover. Uh, interest rates, mortgages, the legal processes, how do you pick a realtor, the types of properties, the benefits and liabilities, all kinds of factors, places to consider, location, location, location. Alfred Renna joins us in the next segment. He's the Senior Managing Director of Sales at the New York office of Douglas Elliman. I'm sure Dottie and Alfred are going to stir up a lot of information for you as we continue with the Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman Spring 2022 special.
Join us Sunday night for the premiere of the fastest-growing political talk show in New Jersey, Real Talk with Ronnie. Join Dr. Ronald Joseph Lynn every Sunday night at 8 as he talks to the biggest names in politics, news, culture, and society. Listen to the day's biggest newsmakers, headliners, trendsetters, and trend breakers. There's a new show in town. It's Real Talk with Ronnie, Sunday nights at 8. Real Talk, real news in real time on AM 970, The Answer. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you. And all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions. Plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I just spoke to my buddy Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota, and he told me that anyone looking to beat these ridiculous gas prices should get over to see them at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. That's because they've got one of the area's largest inventories of new Toyota vehicles, including the most fuel-efficient vehicles, like the 39-mile-per-gallon Toyota Camry, the 41-mile-per-gallon RAV4 Hybrid, or the one that started it all, Toyota Prius, which gets a combined 56 miles per gallon. No need to mortgage your house just to fill up the tank. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905. Let them show you which fuel-efficient Toyota is right for you. Plus, they're making it easier than ever to get out of your gas guzzler by offering 125% of book value on your trade. That's right, any make, any model. 973-705-8905. Schedule an appointment at Route 22 Toyota. They'll give you 125% book value towards a fuel-efficient Toyota. And remember, tell them Joe Piscopo sent you. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haledon, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living a permanent life care program and respite care you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad aunt or uncle friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community daily chapel services are included hchnj.com or call 973-807-3245 holland christian home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect hchnj.org or 973-807-3245 holland christian home ask for charlotte Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. There's a lot to learn and understand when getting ready to buy a home. Having a right lending team in place who can help is important. The lending experts at Citizens Bank can answer your questions about home borrowing or how to get started with a mortgage pre-approval. Call Citizens Bank at 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Join us for the Salem Business Breakfast, Wednesday, April 27th at Bergen Community College. Register at am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And Michael Harrison with Dottie Herman. Dottie uh, is part of a very big special three-hour 
presentation called the Spring 2022 Special of Eye on Real Estate because spring is special. And Dottie, uh, where we have a guest with us that I um, I have never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I understand he's one of the experts on real estate and really is a specialist for the New York market. He's the Senior Managing Director of Sales at the New York office of Douglas Elliman. And uh, his name is Alfred Renna. Alfred, can you hear me? Yes, I can. And do you know Dottie Herman? Have you ever heard of her? <laughs> Let me say this. We love each other. He is one of the most knowledgeable brokers that I know. We are best of friends. And let me just say this. His whole real, his whole family, his sisters, everybody, they're all not only in the real estate business, they are investors in real estate also. Well, there's an old saying. I think I got it from Saturday Night Live. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Kick it off, Dottie. What do you think uh, Alfred could bring to the table here? Because you've worked with him, and certainly the tri-state area is our main target of conversation um, on this program. Not completely. We'll talk about hot spots around the country. But, um, Dottie, take it away. Talk to Alfred. Well, Alfred, I, I think, first of all, most people kind of just want to know, what's going on in New York City, because, of course, it beat all the odds. And then maybe you could tell people on, um, you know, how to get started, because, of course, there's not a lot of inventory if you can't find any, you know, if you're starting out, or how you can find opportunity in New York City, because there's only one New York City. And There's only one New York City, Dottie, and thank you very much for inviting me to your special show or special segment today. I appreciate it, and I enjoy doing uh, being a guest on your show. So, and Alfred, what is then, the story? Tell us about New York and um, what people should know, because uh, the New York market is so special and really different in many ways than the rest of the country. Well, it, for, for someone that is just entering the market for buying – Everything you're hearing about how fast things sell is true. Um, if you look at something today, it could be gone tomorrow. The inventory, the inventory has diminished greatly because so many people are purchasing properties. Um, you know, the world has changed in the last two years, and uh, that affects everybody, whether it's New York, California, or, or Europe. And... Um, Everyone has to make a change in their life. So when it comes to Manhattan and Brooklyn specifically, either people are moving in or moving out or they're buying bigger places or they're buying smaller places. But everybody is in some sort of transition. And if you're not moving, then you are uh, renovating, which is a, a challenge because of the supply chain issue. But uh, Manhattan real estate has been on fire for the last oh all throughout 2021 and it continues to stay on fire through 2022 i'm just finishing up an analysis on the month of march and again it looks like we've we've sold over one billion dollars in real estate i know people talk about there's nothing to buy Yet, <clears throat> the brokers that we have within our organization and top brokers everywhere know how to find inventory. And this is why uh, the term off-market has become so popular, uh, because people are looking for properties or brokers are looking for properties that are not on the market. 
So they are turning over every rock, turning every corner to find something that they can show their clients to buy. And uh, it could be turning a rental into a purchase property. It's something maybe you, an agent sold a couple of years back, and now because the market's so strong, they will consider selling it today. Um, but, the, but the brokers are combing the market thoroughly, looking for product for their buyers, and they are buying it. Um, even though the supply is ch- down in inventory, we're maintaining the number of properties that are turning over. Um, Alfred, you said something very interesting. You're talking about Manhattan being on fire, and you also mentioned Brooklyn. Now, you're talking about off-market. What about the outer boroughs? Must one buy in Manhattan today to enjoy the benefits, either uh, business-wise or socially, um, lifestyle of Manhattan? Are there hot spots that people could look at if they're, they can't find something in Manhattan that have easy access to Manhattan in the outer boroughs? And where, may these, where are these places? Well, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I only speak about Manhattan and Brooklyn because that's, that's where we have most of our New York City offices. We do have a couple of offices in Queens, and Queens is another borough of, of New York City that definitely has an, amount, uh, an incredible amount of opportunity. And there are many subway lines that take people right into Manhattan. Um, so, yeah, like Astoria, Queens. Um, Long Island City, <clears throat> uh, uh, Forest Hills, Forest Hills Garden. Those are areas where there are, are close subway lines where, whereby people can get into and out of, of Manhattan very easily. I often hear about places that young people are starting to congregate, although I'm not quite sure where they are, where they're actually hip communities in places in the New York metropolitan area that weren't considered hip before. Uh, that's an interesting trend to observe, isn't it? Yes. I <clears throat> I would say the number one hit place in New York City is Bushwick, Brooklyn. Ah. And Bushwick, Brooklyn, five years ago was not hip. It had it, it had a, oh. a serious amount of crime um, and a lot of industrial sites. But m- what makes it very hip is that there's a lot of artists now in Bushwick, a lot of these industrial sites have been converted from manufacturing into um, galleries, art galleries. Um, a lot of restaurants have opened up. And because of the nature of the architecture, when you drive down the street, you don't recognize uh, any of the, the facades as, as traditional restaurants or galleries. There's not a lot of windows, but behind those steel doors are gardens and restaurants and galleries um, and all kinds of shops. So it's kind of like a little bit like an underground world, but only in the sense that you need to sometimes be told where to find things. But it's Bushwick. Bushwick, Brooklyn is the number one hip place to be. Absolutely. And are are there still deals to be gotten there? Or once the word is out that a place is the hip place to be, is it too late? No, because initially when we hear that it's hip, it's because um, the artists are there. So that's the beginning stages. And then what follows is a rise in the rental prices. And then uh, the sale prices start to go up. And then we have new developments and conversions. So it, it, in general, it was a much lower price point compared to other areas in New York City then it's just going to continue 
to go up in value as the popularity continues. Look at Soho. Um, yes. You know, Soho. Soho is you know a multi-million dollar neighborhood. It wasn't at it, at its beginning, but as we see more and more people moving into Brooklyn, and it's interesting, like a lot of the millennials that grew up in Manhattan want to move to Brooklyn because they perceive Brooklyn as being a lot hipper than Manhattan. Um, so I, I see long-term the values of Brooklyn continuing to escalate. Dottie, you have any thoughts on this? Well, I couldn't agree with Alfred Moore. And if you look at some of the areas in the city, like Soho, uh, you know, the artists live there. You know, like they were nothing areas. I mean, they were like like people didn't even want to walk the streets there. But when you start to see shops going in and, and developments, and you know, you can start to look at an area starting to see things go in there. Um, but you do take a chance. Uh, but those are the people that get the best deals. Alfred, my question is, and everybody asks me this, okay? So I'll ask you. And there's no real right answer. So, Dottie, do you think I should wait? Do you think that things will go down? Okay. Do you think what the news says there might be a recession, which, of course, I think that they're just being drama queens. But what what is your thoughts about going forward to 2023 in Manhattan and the the boroughs, Brooklyn? What's your thoughts price-wise? Because we do have interest rate hikes, which, again, I don't think are enough to, to stop anybody from buying. But what, which, what are your thoughts? So my opinion about real estate, and I practice on a, a personal level, is real estate is long term. And if you purchase something today, even if you think it's a very high price, if your plan is to hold on to the property because um, it, it, you're, you have, you're building a life in that home you know most people will probably stay in that place at least seven years or ten years and they stay in a in a home long enough to ride through any cycle yes you may buy it today at at a million dollars and maybe in two years something else is going to come down the pike and the value is 925 but then when it goes back up it surpasses the one million dollar market mark so and it's the same thing in the Hamptons. I have a very dear friend that was on the phone driving out to the Hamptons Friday night. And she said, I should have bought. I should have bought. I should have bought. Even when, I, even when the prices went up and I thought they couldn't go up any further, they've now gone up again. A lot of people have gotten shut out of the ability to purchase. So you've got to figure out some maybe creative financing now. But there's never a wrong time to buy real estate if your plan is to hold on to it for um, a full cycle over a long period of time. Um, I remember when I bought my first house, I spent every dime and I figured, well, if worst comes to worst and I can't afford it, I'll sell it. Um, I'm very glad I bought that house when I thought <laughs> prices couldn't go any higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Alfred, you can add Alfred, zero and then some. <laughs> Alfred, we only have a couple of minutes left, so let's be mindful of the time. I want to ask you a big question, though. Um, obviously, if um, it's a seller's uh, uh, market at, the, at present because of supply and demand, realtors are kind of picky and have first impressions about prospective clients when they come to them. What should somebody who's entering the real estate market be prepared to do, as quick as you can say it, so that they're taken seriously by the realtor? 
they should be able to answer the question that if I show you a house tomorrow that meets your needs, are you willing to go to contract and negotiate on it? Now, that, that is a very telling sign on how they answer that question. I have other friends about buying a house in the Hamptons, and I ask them that question, and, and, and it pushes them to the edge, and they're not ready. You find out very quickly if they're not ready. Because um, I, I, I can imagine how frustrating it would be for a realtor in this kind of a market to get tied up with what do they call them looky loos, somebody that likes to be driven around. And <laughs> but but think I, I, it's got to be a, time is money in this market. So if somebody comes and take me around and show me, and you know I've, I've had realtors tell me that some people just like the socialization of hanging out. They're lonely with with a realtor, and um, uh, can't, you can't do that in this market, can you, Alfred? No, and, and no good broker is going to uh, waste their time unless, the, unless they feel that the time they're spending is an investment for the future with that particular buyer. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to go through the process of when they get ready, as long as you're up front. And a good broker will be able to ascertain where the buyer is at in the buying process very quickly. Mm-hmm. Final question. Uh, we have about, uh, about a minute. Um, uh, does the uncertainty of the world right now concern you? Uh, is there a danger of a bubble bursting or, or something happening? Of course, you don't have a crystal ball, but how concerned are you about the uncertainty of global events? When it comes to the value of real estate long term, I'm not concerned at all because if there is any type of a change or a bubble burst, all that does is create new opportunity and prices go up even further. Well, Alfred, it has been a pleasure having you on the program. I've heard such great things about you. The Senior Managing Director of Sales at the New York office of Douglas Elliman. How can people get in touch with you in your office? Oh, just go on Elliman.com and type in Alfred Renna. Alfred, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Eye on Real Estate special. I look forward to uh, hearing more from you and uh, listening to you on the show. And, Dottie, you got a final word to say hello or goodbye well, to Alfred? Well, yes, Alfred. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> yes, finally. Oh, yeah. All right. Finally. All right, Alfred, finally. thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Alfred. Thank you so much, Alfred. You're always okay. great, thank and you. thank you. Well, Dottie, can you believe that uh, the first hour of our three-hour special has evaporated into air? I do think uh, we've covered we've covered some very important stuff. But coming up next is the real meat and potatoes of what it's all about, and that's the financing. Uh, your dear friend, for years you've been working with him. He is such a part of this show. He's also a major part of the uh, real estate uh, financial world in uh, New York City, Ace Watanasuparp. And we'll yes. explain how to spell that so people can get in touch with him. Ace <laughs> Watanasuparp. By the way, Michael, I yeah. can't say to this day. But anyhow, I saw potential in him, but, and I oh. hired him, and he is probably one of the best. I know. If not, I know. guys in financing, I know. It's great that we're going to get to talk to him. That's next. And then we're going to talk about the legal aspect of real estate and everything you want to know. I'm Michael Harrison, honored to be co-hosting with Dottie Herman, the Eye on Real Estate Spring 2022 special right here on AM 970, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.